Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host. I am coming at you live from Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. So glad to have you on this journey where we discover and explore five actionable tips or hacks to help you live your best life. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Here's some practical advice on starting a wine cellar. Buy more than you drink. That's all it takes to start building your stash. And as a bonus, if you keep it in the basement, voila, a cellar is born. For more advice that matters, visit Chuck's Fine Wines in Chagrin Falls, the legendary valley destination since 1946. I'm Kurt. Cheers from Chuck's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to have Megan with me again. Hey. Hi. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how they can reach out to you. I would love to. Thank you, Yolanda, first and foremost, for having me as a guest again. As always, conversations with you are enlightening and delightful. So let's start by saying I'm Megan Voges. I'm the founder and lead consultant with Evlo Geminos, a company that is powered by helping you unlock the power of being busy and blessed. So if you want to connect with me and learn how I engage people in positive, productive ways so we can all achieve more, you're going to want to find me on LinkedIn. That is linkedin.com backslash in backslash Megan Bogus. So my full name, which you can find in the notes for this section. You can also email me at mvogis at kent.edu. I kept the alumni handle because it is something I have a lot of pride with. So if you have any other questions, like I said, follow me on LinkedIn at Megan Vogis, or you can connect with me um, at mvogis at kent.edu. Awesome. So what five things are you going to share with us? We're going to talk about what being a leader feels like when you have to keep your composure. So, and not even just being a leader, but being a person. I think that's something that we've all kind of slipped into old habits with um, because we've gotten so comfortable at being at home. So we're going to talk about composure and leadership. Wow. Okay. This sounds heavy and necessary. (laughs) I, uh... well, let's, it is, but it's, it won't be heavy. I promise we'll keep it light. We'll actually keep us moving and we'll lean in. So I love it. Well, heavy in the sense that um, this is not a topic that you hear talked about a lot, but it's very important. And especially right now in the climate that we live in um, as a leader, or as you said, just anyone in general, we are dealing with lots of different things, personalities, situations. So I love it. All right. So what's your first nugget of truth for us? Nugget of truth is something that I'm going to lean into the wonderful research of Amy Cuddy. And we're going to talk about standing tall. So I'm actually going to ask you as you're listening to push your chair back, 
stretch your back all the way up and roll those shoulders back. And I want you to stand tall because what happens to our posture when we stand taller is we pull our shoulders back and we naturally start to have more confidence. Amy Cuddy does a whole Ted talk on this. And she talks about standing in front of a mirror with your hands on your hips. She calls it the wonder woman pose just because of what goes through our body in terms of that stance. So when you're ever confronted um, with something and you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling beat down or exhausted, just the sheer fact of shifting your posture can begin to shift your mindset. Um, If you don't want to stand tall because you feel like you might be hovering, that's completely fine. And I'm not asking you to hover over someone and but I'm asking you to sit tall then, right? Sit taller in that chair. And, and for those of you who don't know, Yolanda and I record these together um, via Zoom. So I can physically see her start to pull her shoulders back a little bit, um, just like I am. So now that you're standing tall, I want you to roll those shoulders back again and loosen them. And I want you to slowly put your hands on your hips and internally say to yourself, I can manage this. Say it again internally. I can manage this. So that's nugget one. Now I breathe out. Ooh. I love that. All right. So, you know, the other thing that happens when you do that with your posture, everything internally, so your circulation is better. And that means all the stuff you need is going up to your brain and through your body, everything works better when you have that kind of posture. So physiologically, it makes sense, but emotionally, it does help just to stand tall and realize you got this. I love that. What's number two? Exactly what we did at the end. We breathed. Ooh, Um, okay. This is something that um, you can do breathing meditations. You can download Calm and listen to Michael McConaughey or LeBron James or whoever's voice you need to hear um, on the call map. But you can also practice it yourself just by remembering it's okay just to breathe, right? To take a, a breath in and out. Breathe in goodness, breathe out toxicity. One of the wonderful things my grandfather taught me and I, I fondly remember this doing it. Um, he was a child, that, child psychologist and we, he would do these activities when he hosted play therapy trainings with adults. And he would ask you, he would bring balloons and ask you to take that balloon and you were going to blow it up, but you had to first fill yourself with all the negative thoughts and frustrations you'd been having for that hour or that day or that week, depending on the, the workshop, he would talk about it and he goes, okay. And I want you to blow all of that into the balloon. And he would continue. And he also could do hypnosis. And he would keep saying, keep breathing, keep blowing it in, keep blowing it in. Now tie it off. You tie it off. And then he'd make you either lift it and kind of toss it through the air, showing that you had more control to bounce it or get it away from you, right? So that symbolism of keep breathing Breathe out that negative feeling and try to breathe in from your diaphragm, right? Some of that, the goodness that you offer the world, the good feelings, because as a leader, we need to remember 
that we have a choice sometimes of what we express and what we intake, right? So think of express as exhale. So when you express that feeling, that's something you also have to do to keep your composure. Just keep breathing. Even if what you're hearing is hard or difficult, you have to remind yourself to breathe. I love that. And people do not fully inhale or fully exhale for the most part. So that's a really good one. No, and I'm still doing it now as we're having this conversation. Um, So if you didn't do it already, take a minute. And think about that frustrating conversation you most recently had that felt heavy to Yolanda's point earlier, that that felt so intense that you're like, I'm never going to make it through this. Whether it was hard news to take in or whether it was just a lot of information at once, but breathe in. Um, The third one, I think, is one we share, and it's an action step, right? So all of these are action-oriented if you haven't gotten this. Um, I want you to physically close your eyes, and I want you to picture yourself leaning on the strongest person you know. Think about that. So you're leaning on that person who you think is strong and resilient. But here's the funny thing. Now that you're picturing that, picture them leaning on you. Because when we lean on like-minded people, we start to lean on each other in a symbiotic relationship. So we go back and forth on leaning. Hey, I'm going to lean on you a little bit for this. Well, next week, maybe they lean on you and vice versa because we learn to, to stand taller. So if you've ever imagined yourself, you know, or if you have a child who tries to, who's tugging at you and tugging at you and you lean down to work on them, or if you try to lean down to pick them up and put them on your shoulders, you naturally stand taller because they're coming to you to carry them on your shoulders, right? So be, think of that person. Like what if somebody was carrying you on their, your shoulders to kind of get through those more difficult conversations from a visual standpoint, right? Don't hesitate to lean on someone or ask them, hey, I need to lean on you right now because I'm, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with something. And it might not be this way forever, but for the next couple of weeks, I need to lean on you. Not lean into them, but lean on them. What are your thoughts on that, Yolanda? Well, I first of all, I think most people in a leadership position think they have to do it alone or do everything by themselves or shoulder all of the burden or responsibility, and that is exhausting, and that leads to burnout. So the minute you realize not only... Um, is it okay to lean on someone else? It is necessary to do that. You cannot do everything by yourself. It's impossible. Oh, absolutely not. And I, and think, I think we get stronger, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think um, one sure way of not burning out is to do that. Lean on, lean into the people in your life who are strong. And if you don't have some, find some. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Call us. Some, we will help you find some. <laughs> some people, you know, some people, not everybody has the right group of people in their circles. So if you don't have the right group of people in your circle, find some people. Yes, reach out to me, <laughs> reach out to Megan, because you need to have those people around you to help you because you cannot, nor should you do it alone. So I love that. That's really great. So, 
I want to circle back to what Yolanda just shared about this idea of leaning on people. And I, I want to explain, I want to piggyback on her thought of reach out to us because sometimes you might not feel like you're in the right circle. Because if you are not, it's okay to step outside of that comfort line for a second, and comfort circle, I should say, and try to navigate to find a community that builds you up, right? To find a community that helps give you strength and gives you permission to lean on them. And sometimes it takes a big step to look at someone and go, you know what? I can't handle it all right now. And I'm going to need to have to lean on you for a minute. Um, One of the things I love about one of the relationships that I'm in is that we talk a lot about the relationship is 100%, 100%. We both try to give 100%. However, um, in our relationship that I have, um, we also discuss that sometimes it might be 120 and 80. Sometimes it might be, you know, oh my gosh, I'm at like 75 and you're at 125 or vice versa, right? Like a 90, but whatever it is, sometimes you just have to verbalize that to that special person in your life. And I say the relationships I'm in because so many different intimate relationships have being on can look depending on conversation is with my romantic partner who I love dearly, but we've had that conversation over and over. So that goes right back, though, to that communication piece, right? To Yolanda's part, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we are here to help each other as humans. That is our job. So that leaves us with a final two. The one that perhaps is the most important to me, even though I ranked at number four, is eye contact. I want you to think of someone you had a disagreement with lately. Someone you may not have seen, quote unquote, eye to eye with. What color are their eyes? I, I, I'm serious. I'm going to ask you the question again. Think of someone you didn't see, quote unquote, eye to eye with. What color? Are there eyes? If you cannot answer that question right now, or you hesitated, yes, you could look through photos on your phone and find a picture of them or search social media, but I, next, next time you're with them, I want you to make an intentional point to meet them where they are and look into their eyes so you know what color they are. Know it long enough that you're making eye contact. Because what happens is sometimes we forget that our eyes dart around because we don't want to look at someone and actually listen with all of ourselves to what they're saying because we want to be distracted because we're not ready to take in a message. But if you lean in and make eye contact, not in a, in a way that's so extended gaze that you're creeping them out or making them feel like, they're in a posi- you're in a position of different authority, but just make eye contact. It's a genuine, natural tendency for us to avoid it. But if we make eye contact and we walk away knowing their eye color, I guarantee you the level of the relationship and the type of dynamic that happens will drastically change. So you know what's interesting about that? Um, working in retail, 
I'm always intrigued by the customers who come in the shop and as I'm ringing them out, they look at me, I, they look me in the eye, right? And, and there's mm-hmm. this bonding that happens. And then I'm always aware of the people who avoid eye, eye contact totally altogether. And <laughs> it almost makes you feel like you're invisible to them. You know what I mean? It takes humanity away from you. So I can I can already visualize um, in in the heat of an argument what that might be, or not even an argument, but just a disagreement or a misunderstanding or a time when you can't come together. The moment you look one another in the eye, it reminds you that you're human the humanity of who you are. And I think that can scale back the level of confrontation if you take a moment and just meet that person in the eye. On the other hand, I know there have been times in my life where I'm like, if I look at you, I will just (laughs) scratch your eyes out. (laughs) Because you are getting on my last nerve. (laughs) I, I cannot look at you right now, right? But then I go back to, I think about the work I've done with students, right, or children. And um, I think of when you, you you meet someone who may be what we refer to sometimes as on the spectrum, right? And the, the term may change, but when they struggle to understand emotion or, or recognize emotional cues because they're so different, um, or even if they're from a different culture, because I've been so blessed beyond measure to work with lots of different people from different cultures. And sometimes it's a cultural thing. They don't want to look you in the eye. And I'm mm-hmm. not asking you to step outside of that comfort zone. If you culturally, that's not, let's not cross that line, right? Let's, let's still be respectful of each other's cultures. But what I'm saying is there are points in our conversations that we need to help each other understand emotional cues, right? And emotional triggers. I, one of my, um, phrases that I used to use a lot in education, especially when I knew kids were starting to develop anxiety because they trained themselves, right? To look at people's nonverbals and that could cause them to get anxious. I would say, look at me, look me in the eye. Do I look upset? And they'd be like, and it it would take them a second, but they'd study my face and you could watch their little eyes and they're like, look me top to bottom of my face and then make eye contact with me again. And I'd be like, Hey, not mad, not upset. We'll figure this out. And just that genuine look at me, I'm not upset. Now, I do not recommend doing this with your partner or your spouse (laughs) or your boss, like being that, like, look me in the eye. Do I look upset? Let's not go that route. But for those relationships where you're trying to teach someone or guide someone else, or you notice them getting overwhelmed, um, it's okay to say, hey, look at me. Do I look upset? I'm not. I'm in this together. Let's figure it out. If I don't look worried, you can't be worried. So. Nice. All right. And that brings us to. Last one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exit gracefully. Mm. But hear the word grace. That means giving yourself grace, giving that other person grace and leaving the conversation on a high note, understanding that it's just a conversation. Exiting gracefully means saying, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate that we met. But saying it in a way that it's not, well, thanks for the feedback. 
so glad we met about this. It's more being genuine. And if you don't feel like you can say, I'm glad we met about this, find something to express gratitude for. You know what? Thanks for spending time to explain this to me today. You know what? I'm, I appreciate that we were able to have this conversation. There are a dozen different ways you can walk through a way to exit gracefully. Mm-hmm. It's also mm-hmm. okay if you're in those situations to say, you know what? I'm not sure I'm ready to have the rest of this conversation. Could we please circle back with it tomorrow? I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to exit and, and give yourself permission to say, we can come back to this, but right now there's a lot for me to take in. Would you be okay if we could circle back later? So giving yourself permission to exit with a cool, calm, and collected voice is extremely important when you're trying to keep your composure. Because people who often leave on that anger note don't want to come back to a conversation. Or when they leave, the the last impression we leave is often the first impression we recall. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so give yourself credit. Yeah, I um that last one for me is important. I learned that lesson not in a bad way, but um this is just a personal sharing on my part. Um my mother passed away unexpectedly when I was 25 and before she passed away, she called me the very night before. And as we were talking and and talking about um, things in our past, um, we ended on a a great note. It was it was lovely, even though we were rehashing some, you know, disagreements that we'd had through the years and, and talking about some of those differences of opinions. It ended on a really great note. And then the very next day I found out she passed away. So in my mind and from that moment on. I have kept that lesson with me and I always end on a good note because you never know. Now, how horrible I would have felt had we gone through some of that conversation and ended on a bad note and then the very next day she passed away. I I would have been haunted for the rest of my life, right? Sure. So, and and I I love what you said about how a conversation ends is is often that's the thing people remember when you come to mind again so let's just say you had a disagreement or you had a differing of ideas and now you want to have another conversation well they're probably not going to want to have that conversation or even not want to hear from you because the last thing they heard from you was you know you giving them the what for and telling them how horrible they are or how dumb their idea is or whatever um, so I love that. Love that. Give me the recap, girl. All right. Because that was so, a lot. That was, there was a lot. That was a lot. There was so a lot of stuff in there. let's write these down yes. and do them as we write them. Okay. So first of all, stand tall. Go ahead and write it. Sit yourself up a little taller. Remember, you've got this. Number one. Number two, keep breathing. So breathe out with me into Yolanda's point. Let's learn to breathe again. Breathe in. Breathe out. Lean on, make a quick list for number three, write three people you think you could lean on. If you didn't think of one, write this down, connect with Yolanda or connect with (laughs) Megan. 
Yep. Okay. Stand tall, keep breathing, lean on, right? Next one, make eye contact. This is going to feel creepy, but I want you to go ahead and do a selfie of yourself and make eye contact with yourself or go run to a mirror, make eye contact, right? Or if you feel really self-conscious doing that, write a list of three people you can't remember how, what color their eyes are. Last one, grace. Exit gracefully, give yourself grace, be prepared to just end on a high note, right? Take the lead and show grace and acceptance. So exit gracefully. So stand tall, keep breathing, lean on, maintain eye contact and exit gracefully. And you're going to be fine with your composure. I love it. Now, if you're driving, disclaimer, don't do any of this stuff while you're driving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's when I listen All to right. my podcast, this podcast right? is now being recorded please do not please I do mean not I, I'm, I'm usually driving in my car when I'm listening to podcasts so don't do any of that just listen to this and then when you get home listen to it again <laughs> yeah, and I'm not we're not we're not recommending or advocating that you pull off to the side of the road and flag oh, down the right. driver that just set you off <laughs> and make eye contact with them please do not Oh my gosh. It's always, always so fun talking to you. Awesome. I am blessed beyond measure to have you in my life. So I'm so glad we get to do this. And ditto. So once again, share your info and how people can reach out to you if they ain't got the best place. Yeah. (laughs) The best place to find me. If for number three, you wrote lean on. Um, is to get your butt on LinkedIn and find me at Megan Voges, or you can always drop me an email. Put mvogis at kent.edu. So that's M as in Megan, B as in Victor, O as in Oscar, G as in Gorilla, I as in Igloo, A as in Apple, S as in Sam at kent.edu. But be sure to put in that subject line, five easy things. So thank you for being with us tonight and for listening and engaging. Awesome. Thank you, Megan. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.